Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode or possibly your very first episode. I'm currently in my tiny little cabin in the woods, and there is so much fog I cannot even see across the street right now, so clearly it is not safe to drive anywhere. So I might as well record an amazing podcast for you guys because I can't go anywhere anyway. Welcome to episode 66 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today is all about autism and dyslexia. This is an episode I've thought about for a while now, and it kind of got resurfaced as an idea for two reasons. One of which is this summer I was helping a boy who has both dyslexia and autism. And then last week, I had a fun little ice cream social with other educational and mental health therapists. And when I was talking to one of them about my podcast, she said she would love to have an episode about autism, since she's experienced a lot of parents who help kids with autism that sometimes don't realize there might be more than just autism going on, and there might be something deeper involved in terms of their learning style beyond just autism. Fun fact for some of you who probably don't know, but I used to actually specialize in high-functioning autism. Many years ago, I worked at a school for kids with learning differences, and those ones were more along the line of high-functioning autism and really rare genetic disorders and generally kids who just didn't have a place in the world where the school system wasn't quite meant for kids like them. And so I got really good at helping kids who were on the autism spectrum, and it's actually one of the things I really loved for a long time, until the school was no longer a good fit for me professionally. It was not a great place to teach, even though I loved the kids that I work with. And then that's when I switched to focusing more in dyslexia because of the school that I had moved to. That was their primary focus of learning differences. So today's episode is all about mixing those two passions for different kinds of learning differences. I like to think of autism and dyslexia as opposite sides of the same coin. I actually work with a family who has one child with autism and one child with dyslexia, and it is something that I was chatting with them earlier this year because they know a whole lot about autism and didn't know as much about dyslexia. So we were able to talk about the fact how they have different strengths and weaknesses, and sometimes they're literal opposites. When we think about somebody with autism, a lot of times it is they miss the forest for the trees. They see all the little details, but kind of miss the big picture. And then I like to think about dyslexia as the opposite of that. They see the big picture, but then miss all the little details. So they see that whole forest, but miss those individual little trees because they mainly focus on the big idea. And then also when we think about their verbal skills, a lot of times kids with dyslexia have very high verbal skills and they just don't necessarily come out on paper. They have all these great ideas and you would never know that they have any learning challenges just talking to them. But then when you go to have them read a book or write an essay or things like that, then you really notice it. Compared to when you're talking to a child with autism, a lot of times it's the opposite. 
if you see their written work and their math homework and things like that, you would think they don't have any struggles. But then as soon as you try to hold a conversation or see them in more of a social setting, then it becomes more apparent. So what happens when you have a child who has both of these learning differences at the same time? That comes with it a whole bunch of different challenges. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. One of the first things is sometimes it could be really hard to realize that a child with autism also has dyslexia. If they are a child who is not quite as verbal and isn't able to express themselves as much, sometimes it can be really challenging to figure out that they have a reading struggle because general communication is already more challenging. Depending on where the child is on the autism spectrum, because it can be everything from completely nonverbal to somebody who's very verbal, but it just comes out differently, especially in social situations, they misread social cues and things like that. So there's a pretty wide variety. So one of the biggest features is when a student is less verbal, it's hard to tell when they're also having trouble with reading because their verbal skills are already a little more diminished than we would expect for a child their age. So that's the first struggle. The next struggle can come when a child has autism and we feel like they can read really well. And sometimes what we get is something called hyperlexia, where they can read really quickly and pick up the patterns very easily without a lot of explicit instruction. And they can read really well. But I often see that those kids struggle with comprehension instead. So it's not necessarily dyslexia, it's more a struggle with comprehension. And one thing that I've noticed a lot of times is if you think about it, reading is often the stories of people's lives and how people interact. But if you're a person on the autism spectrum that already has trouble interpreting social cues in general life, what happens when we have social cues and hints and nuances in writing? Then they might miss some of the details. So some of it may actually come from the fact that they aren't able to interpret some of these social situations in the real world, let alone in an imaginary context. That can become even more challenging. So a lot of times, autism can affect the way comprehension works. They aren't understanding the big idea of what's happening. They're seeing all the little details, but not really seeing the way they're connected. They may not get foreshadowing in a story that hints at what's to come next. They may not understand those cause and effect relationships. They may not realize why when character A did this, that's why character B did that. They may not get the nuances of books because they tell stories that are how people live. So if they have a hard time interpreting what's happening in the world, that also applies to book world. And then separately, sometimes a child with autism may also have genuine dyslexia, where they have trouble seeing the patterns within words and have trouble with their phonemic awareness, so hearing the way sounds are and where one sound stops and the next one begins and things like that. So then they might have trouble with that as well. When they're trying to read, they might be having their own autism features that are coming out in the written word when they're not quite understanding what's happening in the story, as well as the learning difference of dyslexia making it hard to read the story to begin with. So then you end up with a double deficit is what we often call it, is that they have more than one challenge and that's what makes it doubly difficult. Now, one of the biggest things that can happen is trying to decide what to treat first or how to go about it. If a child is really struggling with autism, Do you want to start working on reading right away? Or is it more important for them to be able to function in society first? Or do they need to have a lot more help with their social skills and basic self-help skills and things like that? So sometimes some of those events can overshadow the student's struggles with reading. If you see a child who, you know, runs away, and sometimes the fancy term for that is elopement, 
which I always think of as a wedding. So I find it kind of a funny term, but you know, it just means to run off. And it might have come out in the sense of arguing in the middle of class or being really rigid. And so they don't want to do something a different way. So if all the class is doing it one way and you're asking a kid to do it a different way, that can become a challenge. So sometimes it's hard to decide what to treat first or what to prioritize. Oftentimes the reading might come second fiddle to the fact that a child needs to be able to survive their day-to-day life without having a meltdown. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes a child with autism might struggle with having too much sound and noise in a room. So when you're asking kids to do learning activities that involve saying a bunch of sounds and noise, that could be triggering for them. So that can be really challenging when you're trying to help a child with autism and dyslexia because you have to spend so much time on the sounds and helping the kids make the sounds and helping them understand when I say this sound, what letters represent that sound? How might we spell that sound? And being able to understand that. Now, when we start thinking about a child with autism now starting to get remediation for dyslexia, let's talk about some of the challenges that can come when you do that. One of the first things that come to mind is rigidity. A lot of times people on the autism spectrum like things done in a very predictable patterned way. It brings them order to their life. It brings them calmness. They're able to do things better if they have a structure and a routine. One really challenging thing is when you realize a child has dyslexia, you have to change the routine. What you were doing to teach them to read before may not be working anymore. You might have to switch to a totally different strategy for reading. And if you've ever taught a kid with autism, that doesn't always go over well. I know I've definitely had kids who took their little letter magnet boards and flung all the letters across the room because they were so mad that I changed their routine and they had to do something differently than the way in their mind they wanted to do it. And that was a huge hindrance to being able to teach them to read. This child had huge meltdowns and tantrums when I asked her to do something different than the way she was used to doing it, because the way she was used to doing it was not working in teaching her to read. But then it became a behavioral struggle when I was trying to ask her to do it differently that I knew would help her to make it work for her reading skills, but it didn't go well for her autism spectrum struggles. It went against everything that was in her mind of what our reading routine should look like. Being able to change the routines, it does not always go quickly. It sometimes takes a lot of slow progress and a lot of slow transition to be able to get them used to what the new routine looks like. But in a classroom, it's not always easy to do that. A lot of times in most schools, instruction happens in groups. It is financially very expensive to have only one-on-one instruction. So the majority of schools, even in special education schools, do reading instruction and other interventions in groups. And this can be really challenging for a child with autism because they have to go at their own pace. They need things super simplified. They need things very structured. They need things where there's a lot of forewarning that something's going to be different, that there's going to be changes. And that can add to the challenge of teaching within a group. And so one of the things I found is a lot of times kids with autism and dyslexia do better if they are getting their instruction one-on-one so the teacher can adjust the lesson for their needs. It is very difficult to go at the pace of a child who has both autism and dyslexia in a group of other kids who only have dyslexia. They need very different levels of support, and that can be really challenging because they might need to go at that slower pace because of the way they are navigating two different learning differences at once. I know at the school I used to work at, I was talking to one of the teachers there and she said she was struggling because she had a student who has both autism and dyslexia and she really wasn't sure what group to put her in because she knew cognitively the child could handle the higher group, 
but the pace that she does things is much slower. So then she wasn't sure if the rest of the group could be able to sit still and wait for her to always catch up all the time. And that is something that is really challenging because you want to be able to push somebody to the highest of what their cognitive abilities are. If they can do the harder work, then let's give it to them. But then you also have to be cognizant of the rest of the group. What will be able to be functioning to find that nice balance between not too fast for some kids and not too slow for others. And then this summer, I worked with a child who has both autism and dyslexia. And that was definitely one of the things we had to do. We had to take things a lot slower. We had to go back and repeat things that that child had already learned in class before, but because he had to learn at a slightly slower pace than his classmates, we had to go back and revisit things a few times. One thing that came up for me was realizing when I would ask the child to do something, he's like, but my old teacher said blah, blah, blah. And he kept wanting to do it the way the other teacher said to do it before. And this is very common. Kids who have autism like to have their routine and their structure. So if somebody else told them to do it one way, and now you're telling them to do it a different way, that doesn't always go over so well. So it is a very slow process to start switching the routine of how something gets done because maybe the other strategy wasn't really working, so it's time to try a new strategy. And that shift doesn't always happen well. Kids with autism tend to struggle with cognitive flexibility. So that mental flexibility to change and adapt can be a struggle for them sometimes. And so we want to make sure that we do it in a way that is supportive and caring and not consequential, as in they aren't getting consequences for having that slow shift. We just need to be able to slowly remove those supports as we get them more and more help in the direction that they need. By the end of summer, we were able to make a lot of progress and go from reading only one syllable words to two syllable words correctly. And that is often a really big jump for kids to be able to make that change. And it was an important step to do, but I had to do it thoughtfully each and every day, slowly pushing just a little bit further, enough that the student wouldn't get frustrated by it. And being able to know those nuances where you can see that tipping point and be able to stop it before you push the kid over the edge and then your session's done for and you're not going to make anything else happen the rest of the day. It takes a lot of sensitivity of what might be triggering, what might be helpful, and how we can help that student be successful despite the fact that they have multiple learning differences at once. All right, to recap what we talked about today. First, we talked about how dyslexia and autism are related. They tend to have opposite versions of certain things where kids with dyslexia tend to be very highly verbal versus kids with autism, which might be less verbal and might struggle more with verbal communication, especially when you're talking about more nuances and subtle things that aren't really directly speaking to what it is. Maybe it is an idiom or maybe it's just a figure of speech. Those kind of things can be really challenging for kids with autism versus a lot of times kids with dyslexia can actually pick up on those things pretty quickly. Kids with dyslexia see the big picture but miss the little details versus kids with autism tend to see all the little details but maybe miss the big picture. Then we talked about why it can be harder to spot dyslexia when a child has autism because there are a lot of things that go into reading and sometimes kids with autism really struggle with comprehension anyway because they struggle to comprehend the world around them sometimes and be able to explain it in a way that shows their understanding and then that can apply to books too. And so sometimes that can mask when a child really does have genuine dyslexia, where they struggle with reading the words also, in addition to their struggles with the social nuances that might happen within a book. And then lastly, we talked about some of the additional challenges that come from having both of these two learning differences simultaneously. We might have situations where the student might struggle with doing something differently when they have to take a different approach to reading than what's been tried with them already. 
we talked about how the fact they might need to go at a slower pace. They might need to be able to be in a one-on-one instruction setting because they might not go at the pace of a kid who has just dyslexia or just autism. They might need to go at a pace that is perfect just for them and can adjust just for their needs. And they may not do as well in a group. And we also talked about rigidity and how the changing of the structure of a lesson might be triggering for students if they're used to doing it one way and now you're asking them to do it a different way. All right. I hope this was a helpful episode for you today. Also, if you've been tuning in all month long, you will notice it is also a longer episode. I'm finally out of my summer schedule and back into my normal routine where I don't have to work on Fridays. And four really long days is my happy balance. Once you add four long days plus Fridays, that was a little too much for me this summer. So I am back and full of more energy than I was over the summer. Thank you for your patience. I hope you enjoyed the mini episodes. Now that I'm back into the school year routine, we will hopefully be into more of our slightly longer episodes that tend to be more 11 to 15 minutes long. I know this summer you had a lot of episodes that were like five to eight minutes because that's all I had. A lot of episodes this summer were recorded right before a child walked into my office and then edited on my lunch break. So I hope you enjoyed this longer episode again, and there will be more to come soon this school year. If you have anything you ever want to learn more about, please let me know, lisa at parnelloeducation.com, or if you join my email list, www.parnelloeducation.com forward slash email, you will also get my weekly newsletters along with the notes from our episodes, as well as you can just hit reply if there's something you have more questions about. All right, that's it for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.